Hello and welcome to another episode of At Any Rate. I'm your host, Natasha Kanova, and I head JP Morgan Global Commodities Research. Today, we would like to discuss our outlook on the oil markets for the fourth quarter of this year and the announcement that uh, Russia is banning exports of diesel and gasoline. Um, so, as you know, we uh, we reached our target of ninety dollars in September. That's the target we had um, in July when we were recommending for investors to uh, to go on commodities and especially oil because we found Brent at seventy two being too cheap. The target we set up was ninety dollars in September. So now that we're here, we believe that uh, further price gains may be limited, uh, as we believe most bullish cues, both uh, macro and micro for the market, have been exhausted for now. Um, so similarly to July, macro sentiment might be close to an inflection point in our view. Uh, moreover, with pump prices surging and the seasonal travel peak now behind us, uh, demand risks are shifting to the downside. On the supply side, uh, despite the export ban, Russian crude oil exports rebounded by more than twice than expected, while China's oil product exports are rising too. Oil positioning has risen sharply over the last two months and sits above historical averages, so oil is not short anymore. And looking ahead, we maintain our view that August saw the largest deficit um, this year and that inventory draws will moderate to a slight build during the final four months of the year. So as a result, our year in target remains at $86, while we acknowledge that the path to this target can take different shapes. So I'll describe more in depth our view. Um, so first of all, with the uh, with macro sentiment, um, as you remember from our podcasts in, in July, we believe that uh, July stood out for a shift from recession fears to economic soft lending, and it was catalyzed by the drop in the U.S. June CPI inflation. And this shift uh, in the macro narrative was expressed in investors' willingness to move away from the recession trades and add tactical risk to avoid underperformance in the second half of the year. Um, this shift in this macro narrative was the main reason behind our joy recommendation to raise tactical allocation to commodities, which we believed at that time to be undervalued, underowned, and a very good entry point for a catch-up rally. So where we stand today relative to July, we find investors' appetite in September more uncertain uh, about um, adding risk with the focus shifting to higher for longer use rates uh, and inflation far from target. Uh, similar to July, we believe that macro sentiment may be close to a switching point. Uh, for example, since the end of June, long-dated U.S. government bond yields have moved by up uh, by more than 50 basis points. And the 30% oil rally might produce moderate inflation pressures and uh, pressure and place central banks on alert. Uh, demand. Uh, so demand risks are shifting to the downside where we sit today. Um, prices surging and seasonal travel peak now behind us. We believe that the greater share of demand in the first quarter will be concentrated in sectors that are most sensitive to economic growth. For example, we already observed some tangible slacks in demand, uh, and our economists estimate that on global scale, the twenty-seven, you know, the thirty percent rise in the price of oil since early July could shave about fifty basis points uh, um, of global GDP over the two quarters if prices are sustained at the current levels. Um, but again, what is more important for us is the world does not consume crude oil. Yes, instead, we use products like gasoline, diesel, heating oil, jet fuel. And these products in oil equivalent dollars have been in triple digits for months. And at the moment, the high frequency data now suggests that uh, consumers are beginning to react. For example, um, in the U.S., the very strong start to the summer faded. 
somewhat in July and August, and demand has remained uh, lackluster so far in September. Uh, gasoline demand likely dropped about uh, 430 kVD months over months in July. That's about uh, slightly under 300 kVD, more than the normal seasonality would suggest. And it averaged 9 million barrels per day in August, which is typically the peak months for gasoline consumption. This is slightly above the 8.9 MBD seen in the extremely depressed 2022 baseline, but still well below the 9.5 million barrels per day observed in August uh, 2021. Meanwhile, signs are clear that domestic air travel demand in the U.S., which had been relatively unfazed by the slowdown in discretionary spending, may have peaked as cash-strapped consumers uh, book fewer trips. Uh, after summer season, the saw record uh, numbers of travelers. U.S. airlines are now reporting sales at the lower end of expectations and below historical seasonality patterns. But uh, one of the key uh, factors in our view is we believe that support of China's pent-up demand recovery is also likely behind us. So the rebound of China's oil demand from very depressed levels in 2022 is a very big support to both global oil consumption and oil prices so far this year. But because of the nature of the restrictions and the oil intensity of the activities that were effectively shut down, lockdowns had an outsized drag on oil demand in 2022, despite, um, as you remember, rising economic output. And this outsized boost when restrictions were lifted in 2023, despite subpar GDP growth. So this release of this pent-up demand boosted China's oil consumption, in our view, by almost 2 million barrels per day in the second quarter followed by about 1.6 million barrels per day growth in the third quarter to a record 16.3 million barrels per day. A support, we believe, uh, that is likely almost fully behind us. Um, so we see Chinese demand rising by 1 million barrels per day in the final quarter of the year compared to year-ago levels, but we believe that demand will likely remain flat with uh, third quarter 2023 volumes. So when we look by product, China diesel and gasoline consumption is already almost 300 kBD above the pre-pandemic levels. We still have a little bit of uh, normalization left from the jet fuel, about 100 kBD. Uh, but all other products, especially if we look at the petrochemicals fit stock like NAPTA and LPG, those are almost 1 million barrels per day above 2019 levels. So hence, we believe that for here, we would uh, expect to see Chinese oil demand growth to be much slower and more aligned with the GDP, which we project to shift from 5% growth in uh, in 2023 to about 4.4% in 2024. But again, a very important factor is that uh, this record volumes of crude oil uh, that were imported into China during the first eight months of the year, we believe that some of that supply was stockpiled rather than turned into gasoline and diesel. And by our estimate, we believe that China added about 500 kBD of um, to inventories in the first eight months of the year, or a total of about 120 million barrels, uh, with 1.2 million barrels per day added to either commercial or strategic stockpiles in August alone. So looking ahead, history suggests that the Chinese uh, refiners tend to uh, pair imports if they believe that price has risen too far. Uh, or too high. And so that's why our belief is that at $90 brand, it's, uh, for us, it's very hard to make an argument that Chinese demand will be in the fourth quarter, will be above uh, third quarter and quarter over quarter uh, basis. So inventories. Um, so as you remember, at the start of the year, oil fundamentals were heavily imbalanced with the market in a roughly 1.2 million barrels per day of surplus. 
Second quarter was largely balanced, and then oil market flipped into a deficit in the third quarter. So it's deepening OPEC supply cuts coincided with record demand. So our oil supply demand uh, balances suggest a shortfall of about 1.4 million barrels per day in the third quarter, comprised of a massive 2.4 million barrels uh, per day deficits in both July and August, and then followed by about 0.6 million barrels per day surplus in September. Stock observations show global oil inventories declined by about 1.1 million barrels per day in July and drew another 1.7 million barrels per day in August. But what is interesting is that in August, China accounted for more than half of the draws when the country turned to stockpiles as crude prices rose. So preliminary stock observations uh, suggest that actually in September we built up inventories and um, across the across the major consumer uh, consumer regions. So next in our view is what is happening uh, with Russian oil exports. Uh, interestingly enough, Russian crude exports rebounded by more than twice than expected in September. The expectations were. According to the statements uh, that uh, the, the export should increase by about 200 kBD, they actually rose by about 400 kBD. And similarly, looking at China, we're observing that China's oil product exports like diesel and gasoline have been rising uh, substantially, not just September, actually, but uh, August as well. So to sum up everything, and we believe that uh, looking ahead, we maintain our view that August saw the largest deficit uh, and um and going forward, uh, the balances should improve. Um, a couple words on the Cushing inventories. Uh, the Cushing inventories are getting a lot of attention because of the rapid depletion. Uh, but what we believe is that uh, it's uh, Cushing may be exaggerating the tightness of supplies across uh, the rest of the countries. For example, Cushing stock uh, storage has only about 80 million barrels per day of capacity compared to 600 million barrels per day of capacity. Um, which sit outside outside of Cushing. And uh, actually, those are the inventories that are right now still above 5 million barrels uh, above their seasonal averages. Um, so historically, inventory changes at Cushing used to reflect wider U.S. market conditions. But in the last decade, pipeline and storage activity has shifted away from Cushing to the Gulf Coast as the U.S. oil industry has become increasingly oriented towards uh, export of crude rather than domestic consumption. So um, that's it. And a couple words on, on Russia. So yesterday on September 21st, Russia announced it has temporarily banned exports of gasoline and diesel to all countries outside the Eurasian Economic Union, uh, which comprises four countries, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Armenia, and Kyrgyzstan. So the fact is immediate. Um, so the government is uh, trying to keep domestic markets well supplied. And is searching the fuel prices. That's not something new. They have been trying that since since August. Some of the regions, especially in the south, have been reporting since early August tightness uh, and lack of uh, and lack of um, inventories of diesel and gasoline. Prices have been rising rapidly, and they actually at record levels on the domestic markets. So, what numbers are we looking at here today? Russia exported about one million barrels per day of diesel and gas oil, and about 130 kbd of gasoline. So, Russia is uh, the second largest exporter of diesel in the world, and gasoline—it's it's not that big volumes. So, where uh, what is our view? We believe that the ban is indeed temporary and will last only a couple of weeks. Uh, we believe it until the harvest concludes in October. Um, our estimate of the domestic fuel shortages, we believe they're not that extensive. Uh, it appears that fuel supplies in most regions 
are relatively balanced, uh, with some remaining shortages, particularly in the south and Krasnodar and uh, Rostov regions, exactly where the harvest is taking place. Secondly, our understanding is that the key provision in the export ban allows uh, an exemption for companies that had submitted custom declarations before the start of the ban, September 21st. Uh, our understanding is also that many, or most of the oil, large oil companies have lightly front-loaded uh, these declarations in anticipation of the ban. Um, and so because of that, um, if we assume that refined product tanker loadings are fixed until October uh, 10th, 15th, as they are in the crude loadings, we expect normal export volumes to continue for, you know, for the next three to four weeks, which would allow uh, Russian government to negotiate with the Russian oil companies and, uh, and come up with a solution to the situation. Um, and uh, the final point is that we do believe that lower product exports actually equal higher crude exports. Uh, so Russian domestic consumption is about 900 kb of gasoline and about 1 million barrels per day of diesel uh, and gas oil. So the country has very limited storage capacity for both crude and oil products. And if indeed this 1.1 million barrel per day of export ban of this motor fuels uh, will stay, uh, so of, you know, this 1 million barrels per day of additional supply stays at the country, it will saturate the domestic market very quickly. And because of that, it will definitely bring the prices for products lower, but it would force cuts in refinery runs, um, which in turn would ultimately lead not only to higher domestic fuel prices, but also substantially higher exports of crude. Um, but this, however, we believe likely would risk tensions between Russia and its OPEC plus members. So thank you all for joining us uh, today. Thank you all to listening to the Commodities Edition at JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. Uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation next week and have a great weekend. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on September 22nd, 2023.